Tonight's reading is taken from John 9, and that's on page 1080 of the uh, Bibles. So I'm starting at uh, chapter 9 and verse 39. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, for they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay down lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Again, there was a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon, and he is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are are not the words of the one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Good evening. My name's Johnny. It's great to see you here. But we're here to listen to Jesus' voice through John chapter 10. So before we start, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, and we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege of knowing you in him. And we thank you for this opportunity to hear his voice. And please, would you teach us, and please, would you guide us and protect us and allow us to hear Jesus' voice and to follow him. In his name and for your glory. Amen. I'm going to talk about leaders. And I'd like to start by asking you, are the leaders who you follow good guides for life? Blind people follow a guide, sheep follow a shepherd, disciples follow a master. Everybody follows someone, even if you're not aware of it. You're influenced by what they say, you do what they do, and the person who you follow will determine where you go in life. And if a blind person follows a blind guide, they'll fall into a pit. But if a sheep follows a good shepherd, it'll find pasture. The person you follow will determine where you go in life, the principles you'll have, the places you'll go, the way you'll live. You don't want to follow a blind guide. You want to follow a good shepherd. So are the leaders that you follow good guides for life? Perhaps it's even more important when it comes to religious leaders who claim that they will lead you to God whether it's someone at this church or someone online or someone elsewhere, the religious leaders that you follow will determine where you go in life. The churches with which you'll partner, the beliefs with which you'll sympathise, the ethics on which you will or won't compromise. The leaders that you follow will determine where you go in life and therefore where you go in death. And so you don't want to follow a blind guide. You want to follow a good shepherd Now, as a Christian, I'd encourage you to follow Jesus, because he's the good shepherd. But does that mean that leaders who don't follow Jesus are blind guides? It sounds shocking just to suggest it, doesn't it? But last week, through John chapter 9, we saw that we were all born blind to God, spiritually blind. And like the blind man of chapter 9, I was completely and utterly blind to God, But Jesus opened my eyes, and I need him to open them further still. Jesus came into the world to open our eyes so that we can follow him and know God. But some religious leaders don't want to follow Jesus. In fact, there were some Pharisees who even cast the man whose eyes Jesus opened out of their synagogue. So is Jesus saying that they're blind as well? That's what they asked him, according to verse 40 of chapter 9. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Are we religious leaders blind? That's the question Jesus is going to answer. Are religious leaders who don't follow Jesus blind guides? Imams don't worship Jesus, but they claim to worship the God of the Bible. Uh, They claim that the same God who gave Moses the Ten Commandments gave Muhammad the five pillars of Islam. 
And they teach you to declare your faith in Allah and Muhammad, to pray five times a day, give money to the poor, fast for Ramadan, go on pilgrimage to Mecca, and then hope that Allah might be merciful to you and give you eternal life. Aren't imams good guides for life? Catholic priests don't teach what Jesus teaches. They teach you to pray to Mary and the saints, to obey the Pope, to confess your sins to the priests themselves, and then to hope that, on the basis of your good works, God might give you eternal life. Aren't Catholic priests good guides for life? Some vicars and bishops in the Church of England don't listen to Jesus' words about gender and sexuality. And they teach that your gender is flexible and that you can marry someone of the same sex. And if you go to church and say you believe in Jesus, then God will probably give you eternal life anyway. Um, Are these vicars and bishops good guides for life? Or are religious leaders who don't follow Jesus leading people into a pit? Are they blind guides? Well, Jesus' answer is going to be, yes, they're blind guides. And if you're shocked by that yes, and feel it's deeply intolerant and unloving, I hope that by the end of the message, you'll see that Jesus is in fact being deeply loving and inclusive. And he offers to open anyone's blind eyes. And he's warning us all about leaders who might lead us into a pit in order to save us. If you weren't shocked by that yes, if you already thought that they were blind guides, I hope you'll learn how to recognise them. How would you know if I or someone else at this church was a blind guide? Well, the first thing we're going to see is that Jesus' words expose their blindness. Jesus' words expose their blindness. And now I mentioned last week that I used to live near an institute for the blind. I didn't need Jesus' words to recognise that the people there were blind. The dark glasses and the white stick gave it away. But we're talking about spiritual blindness, and that might be harder to recognise. Might religious leaders be spiritually blind? Well, Jesus' words exposed their blindness. In response to the Pharisees' question, Jesus uses a figure of speech recorded at the start of John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The door of the sheep, a thief and robber, the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus uses this figure of speech with the Pharisees, but according to verse 6, they didn't understand what he was saying to them. That is, Jesus' words exposed their spiritual blindness. Now, it's not that children watching Shaun the Sheep ought to understand a deeper spiritual meaning every time they see a door or see a shepherd. The writers of Shaun the Sheep haven't exposed the children's spiritual blindness. But these words of Jesus have exposed the Pharisees' blindness because they ought to have seen what Jesus was talking about. They claimed to know God and they claimed to be disciples of Moses. 
And in 1400 BC, through the prophet Moses, God had spoken about his people as his sheep. The Lord was their shepherd. The door was the way into God's people, the way to find abundant life. Then again, in 500 BC, through the prophet Ezekiel, God had spoken about his people as his sheep. And he'd condemned their corrupt leaders as thieves and robbers. So if the Pharisees knew God and weren't blind to his word, they really should have understood what Jesus was talking about. And for example, if you claim to know about Soviet Russia, but you don't understand George Orwell's Animal Farm, Orwell's words have exposed your ignorance. And Jesus' words exposed the Pharisees' blindness. But actually, Jesus' words exposed their blindness in an even more profound way than that. You see, Jesus is the door, and Jesus is the shepherd. He had literally just been the door through which a blind man had entered to find abundant life. He had literally just been the shepherd whose voice the blind man followed, and his eyes were opened. But the Pharisees, corrupt leaders that they are, cast the man out of their synagogue. Jesus had made it abundantly clear that he was the door and he was the shepherd, but the Pharisees couldn't see that because that would mean admitting that they were the thieves and robbers. Jesus, he'd brought God's word into even sharper focus and that exposes their blindness even more clearly. I quite like the letter charts at the opticians. I haven't been for a while. Um, it can be a bit embarrassing, can't it? Um, you think the letters on the third row read D, I, and Y. And then they put the new lenses in, and you see oh, it's clearly J, I, and L. And the lenses expose your, your poor eyesight. And Jesus' words expose spiritual blindness. Jesus brings God's word into even sharper focus. He is the door to eternal life. He is the shepherd whose voice God's people follow. And so his words expose the blindness of anyone who doesn't follow him. And take their imams, for example. They teach that the way to eternal life is through keeping the five pillars of Islam and hoping that Allah might be merciful to you. Now, at an initial glance, if you were really squinting, you might think Moses was saying something about gaining eternal life by keeping commandments and hoping God would be merciful to you. And he did seem to like the number five. But now that Jesus has come and fulfilled everything that Moses wrote about, it's clear that the imams are blind to the word of the Lord. It's clear that Jesus is the door and imams are trying to climb in by another way. Um, or take Catholic priests. They teach that the way to eternal life involves your good works. But now that Jesus has come and done all the good works for us, it's clear that Catholic priests are blind to God. It's clear that Jesus is the door which you enter by faith alone. Catholic priests are trying to climb in by another way. And we'll take the vicars and bishops who don't listen to Jesus' words about gender and sexuality. 
they teach that you can still find eternal life that way. But now that Jesus has come, it's clear that the sheep must listen to his voice if he's to lead us into eternal life. Jesus is the door. You must enter by him. These vicars and bishops are trying to climb in by another way. Jesus is like those new lenses at the opticians. With them on, the third row clearly says J-I-L. But these religious leaders refuse the glasses and keep insisting that it says D-I-Y. And our religious leaders who don't follow Jesus leading people into a pit, are they blind guides? Well, yes, and Jesus' words expose their blindness. That's pretty controversial. Has Jesus really made it that clear? And has he really made it that clear that he's the one that God's people must follow? And has he really made it that clear that anyone not following him is a thief and a robber trying to climb in by another way? Well, again, Jesus' answer is yes, because Jesus is the door. And that's our second heading. Jesus is the door. And it's not a metaphor you want to push too far in your imagination, otherwise it might come unhinged. But the Pharisees didn't understand what he was saying. So according to verse 7, Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Jesus is the door to eternal life. Only he gives life and gives it abundantly. No one else does. On the contrary, they're in it for themselves and they'll even destroy the sheep's lives. That was true of the Pharisees. They wanted to maintain their power and influence even if that meant casting the man out whom Jesus had saved. They certainly weren't giving people eternal life. And the same is true today. Imams don't give people abundant life. They don't lead them to worship and rejoice in the only true God. According to Jesus, they're thieves and robbers. Similarly, Catholic priests don't give abundant life. They just want to keep their power and influence. You need to confess your sins to us because only we can forgive you. You need to come to the Mass because only we can present the sacrifice for your sins. In Jesus' words, they're thieves and robbers. Similarly, vicars and bishops who don't listen to Jesus' words don't give abundant life. Same-sex marriages are not life to the full. They're not the abundant life that we were created to live. And vicars and bishops want to bless it, not because God blesses such things, but because they want to appear loving and be popular in today's culture. And they're willing to bless something that will destroy people's lives, that will abandon them to the devil and lead them to hell all for their own power and influence. And such vicars and bishops are not good shepherds. In Jesus' words, they come only to steal and kill and destroy. 
We probably expect it from some politicians. They're in it for themselves. They'll even destroy people's lives. But watch out. Religious leaders who don't follow Jesus are leading people into a pit. I'm aware how controversial these, these words of Jesus are. And if they're causing you pain or discomfort, and please pray and please talk to someone about it afterwards if you'd like. But I'm not saying these things because I enjoy being controversial, and I don't. I was physically shaking at the prospect of saying these things this evening. But I'm saying them because only Jesus is the door to abundant life. Anyone who enters by him will be saved and will find eternal life, like sheep finding rich pasture. I'm saying these things so confidently, but how does Jesus give people abundant life? It doesn't look like he does, does it? And the man whose eyes Jesus opened was cast out. Christians don't have more prosperous lives in this world. They don't have more money, power, or influence. In fact, many suffer for their faith. So how does Jesus give people abundant life? Well, Jesus' answer is that he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And that's our third and final heading. Jesus is the good shepherd. According to verse 11, Jesus is the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who doesn't own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Other leaders might leave people to the devil, blessing them in their sin. But Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus died for our sins to save us from the devil. And my parents live opposite a farm. Um, our neighbour's dog uh, once trespassed and tried to attack the animals, and the farmer shot her. Uh, don't worry, she survived. Um, but the picture Jesus paints is more of, more of fighting off a wolf uh, with a staff and your bare hands in order to protect the sheep. A hired hand who doesn't own the sheep would just flee. He wouldn't risk his life for the sheep. He was only in it for the money. A good shepherd might risk his life to save his sheep. But Jesus isn't talking about risking his life. He's talking about laying it down. Jesus knew that dying for our sins is what it would take to save us from the devil. He knew that he'd have to die to fight off the wolf and save his sheep. And Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. That's how he saves us, and that's also how he gives us abundant life. You see, abundant life is knowing the only true God. Jesus opening our eyes to who God truly is, that's him giving us eternal life. There is nothing quite like knowing the God who made us. And the way that Jesus opens our eyes to who God truly is, is by laying down his life for us. And if a shepherd risked his life to save his sheep from a wolf, then those sheep might know something of their shepherd's love. 
And that was God's plan. God the Father has always loved his son since before the creation of the world. But he wanted us to know him too. He sent his son to love us just as the father loves his son. So the father gave his son authority to lay down his life for the sheep and then to take it up again. In this way, God would make himself known to all people throughout the world. And he would gather his sheep from every nation into one flock with one shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what he's done. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Only Jesus gives such a deep and wonderful knowledge of God that it draws all of God's people from every nation into one flock. Jesus, crucified and risen from the dead, is the new lenses through which we can see who God truly is. And knowing him is abundant life. That is eternal life. So our religious leaders who don't follow Jesus blind guides? Yes, everyone who doesn't follow Jesus is blind. Jesus' words expose their blindness because Jesus is the door and Jesus is the good shepherd. So don't follow them and pray for them because anyone who admits their blindness and asks Jesus for sight will receive it. But don't follow them. Jesus both saves us from our sin and gives us eternal life. And so listen to the voice of the good shepherd and follow him. Because that is abundant life. That is eternal life. Is knowing the God who has sent Jesus to lay down his life for us. And if leaders are willing to speak Jesus' words and are willing to lay down their lives for the sheep, then it might be worth following them too. So let's pray as we finish. Our Father in heaven, and we thank you so much that you have opened our blind eyes and through the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, And we thank you that he is the door to eternal life. And we thank you that he is the good shepherd who has laid down his life for us. And please, our Father, would you help us to recognise blind guides? Please, would you protect us from following them? And please, would you have mercy on them and open their eyes to see you and to see the Lord Jesus Christ? And please would you grant us to hear Jesus' voice, to, to enjoy the abundant life that is knowing you. In his name and for your glory. Amen.